0: speak, just speak, just speak. Just speak. Yeah. okay well it's just great being with you thanks for your lovely welcome and uh, and it is exciting for us to just uh, be with good again we've been here a few times now uh, but i think it's about certainly about a year ago that we were last with you and it's great to just uh, kind of re-meet folks that we've met before uh, always good seeing you, but it's always fun meeting new people as well and it's just great just seeing what God's doing uh, amongst you and also just to sense the presence of God with you uh, this morning. It's just uh, such a good time. So I know you're uh, midway through John, okay, Gospel of John, but you're going to get a little kind of interlude, okay, uh, these next two weeks. In fact, Josh asked me to preach from Isaiah so we're gonna look at Isaiah. Oh, you have full permission, Emma. Yeah. Okay, okay. You, you, you're in the groove. In fact, I'll just preach to you this morning. Okay, so, oh, that's so you can have your fika. I'm just going to preach to Emma. Okay. So, uh, okay. So um, we're gonna uh, look at Isaiah 54 and actually uh, look at it over the two weeks. Okay. So it's a bit of a double parter, uh, but hopefully each week will stand its own because. I'd imagine there might be one or two people not able to make next week. But we hope Chloe and Alid will be able to be here next Sunday morning. Alid's going to be here tomorrow. If you don't know, they're getting married Saturday. OK, but, uh, okay can you turn Isaiah 54 and just going to jump in with it, really? Sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song. Shout for joy, you who were never in labor, because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch your tent curtains wide, do not hold back. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and will settle in their desolate cities. Do not be afraid, you will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace, you will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. For your maker is your husband. The Lord Almighty is his name. The Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. He is called God of all the earth. The Lord will call you back, as if you were a wife deserted and distressed in spirit, a wife who married young only to be rejected, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, but with deep compassion I will bring you back. In the surge of anger I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord, your Redeemer. Okay, quite a, a, an amazing chapter in Isaiah, and the profound thing is this, and this, I'm going to kind of wade into deep theology right from the beginning, okay, so are you with me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Isaiah 54 comes between Isaiah 53 and Isaiah
1: 55. <laughs> what? Oh.
0: Deep. deep I, I, that's about as deep as I go, by the way, okay, so that really is, okay. Okay, I'm going to repeat it in case it went over you, okay? Stick with me. Isaiah 54 comes between Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 55, okay? And in Isaiah 54, we have instructions, okay? We're going to get onto those shortly. It says, in love to place your tent, there's things for us to be doing. But in Isaiah 53, we have uh, an insight, that is the basis for everything God calls us to do. And in Isaiah 55, we have an invitation, okay? But 53, we get this prophetic insight, and it's worth not being over-familiar with it, but it's worth just picking up a few of the verses from it. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And you could read, in fact, the end bit, 52, go through 53. And what you've got is one of the most profound prophetic insights into a servant who suffers. And he suffers for the sake of his people. And we now know this servant is Jesus. And when you read this, these, this chapter 53, as it were, through... The reality of what happened through the cross, you find it it is so accurate in terms of the torment, the pain, the agony, the reality of all that Jesus did when he was crucified for us. That crucifixion that literally was just reserved for either slaves or criminals, a form of tortuous death that this world hasn't seen the likes of. That's Jesus. And we can't read 54 without reading 53. Because 53, it speaks about a, a people who need saving. A people who actually are trapped in their sin, they're trapped in their rebellion. A people deserving punishment. And yet someone came to take that punishment that's jesus so that's 53 it's about our savior and then if you kind of leapfrog and jump into 55 and just to remind you of that one it starts with come come great kind of new testament word that is often on jesus lips come all you are thirsty come all you are weary And this is saying, come, oh, you are thirsty, come to the waters and you have no money. Come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. It's this incredible invitation to come and drink. Come and receive. Come, be satisfied, be filled. It's this profound invitation. And actually it's saying, look, if you haven't got money, come by. And what does that speak of? It speaks of the grace of God. It speaks of everything that is freely given to us in Christ. So in 53, we get the Saviour. He died for us. He took our sin. He, he, he took our punishment. And in 55, he say, Enjoy. we're made... Be satisfied by Him and what He alone can give, and the basis of that is grace is free. Mm -hmm. Come buy, but you can't, (laughs) you haven't got the money, but you can have it. Great, it's grace, exciting, isn't it? Okay, so Jesus, grace. Jesus, the Saviour, grace. You've got these two things. And that's how we understand 54. And we must never come adrift outside of... In fact, in interpreting the whole of Scripture, we must never drift outside of Jesus and grace. He provides the setting to us understand everything God calls us to. Because in Isaiah 54, there's something, some things that God calls us to. Okay? And that's what we're just going to look at. And we're going to look at some uh, instructions and we're going to look at a promise and we're going to look at some more instructions. And we're going to look at another promise. Then we're going to look at some more instructions and then we're going to look at the reason for it all. And that's over two weeks. Okay, so don't worry. Okay, there's not 99 points there to be squeezed in 10 minutes. Okay, (laughs) or next three hours. Okay, but we're gonna, but I I just kind of giving you that overthrow because if you kind of just heard what I said, instructions promise, instructions promise, instructions promise. Even the very structure of it, it, it kind of speaks about how God instructs us, how he teaches us. He never tells us to do something without giving us a promise. And remember, that promise is set in, is found in Jesus, and it's because of his grace. It's so important we get this. So, first instruction sing. Okay? Is it there? Okay? Fish voice says, sing! Barren woman, you who never bore a child, burst into song. Okay? Shout for joy. This is where it starts. There's a very strong encouragement to sing. When God works, we sing. In fact, the whole context of this is that Isaiah is writing to a people in exile, that, as it were, are outside of the place where God had really called them to be. A sense of exile, and if you were to read further in the chapter, they're described in this way afflicted city lashed by storms and not comforted. They're going through difficult times. And yet it's sing. And it's not just a suggestion. It's not, oh yes, those who are a little bit musical, maybe you like to have a song. OK? It's not kind of oh I, why not just hum along to a nice tune? It's burst into song. The people of God <laughs> that's all right, that's all right. The people of God are characterized by joy. Despite circumstances, despite being in exile, God calls us to sin. Sin, no, not. Oh, I almost got through a preach without heresy, and oops, those of you who are really listening, sing with a G, okay? It's so important. I know when I came back to God, or God brought me back to himself more accurately when I was 19 years old. I kind of, I'd be brought in the Christian family, but I kind of chose my own path and done my own thing and, you know, end up in rebellion and all sorts of stuff. And God called me back when I was 19. And I was filled, one of those ways he did that was actually I experienced the presence of the Holy Spirit. He filled me with the Holy Spirit for the first time. And suddenly, I wanted, one of the first... Results as it were, first effects of being full of the spirit was this. I want you to sing. Mm-hmm. I had a song to sing. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I'm not musical. Mm-hmm. Smiling nicely. You heard me this morning. I'm not musical. I'm not a singer. But I know that actually God's called us to sing, burst into song. That's the first instruction that is based on something, and that's the first promise. It says here, you who never bore a child, you who are never in labour, burst into song, because you are going to have many children. And it's one of those promises that isn't just a standalone thing. It actually takes us into... A bigger Bible story that actually, I think, is one of the biggest stories that we can read about. It takes us back into that story of Abraham and Sarah. In fact, a bit earlier, in Isaiah 51, it says this. Look to the rock from which you've hewn. In other words, look to your family history and see what you've been cut out of. Look to Abraham and Sarah. And what we find in Abraham and Sarah, we find this description that Sarah was barren. She was unable to have children. And yet God promised them that they would have the biggest family this planet has ever seen. So much so, look at the stars. Count the stars. That's how big it's going to be. Or try the grains of sand. That's how... That's big. Okay, that's big. But she's barren. God promised. And she kind of did the only thing that, you know, she could really do. She just laughed. And then she looked at Abraham. So I didn't mean to pick on you. (laughs) She looked at Abraham and said, well, you know, there's not much hope there either. You know, they looked at each other and think, And Scripture says it this way. She was past it and he was good as dead. (laughs) Not very promising. This is so important for us to get. Not very promising, yet God gives a promise. Mm -hmm. And it it takes you right back to this story. And then that story... Is built on throughout the whole Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, and so here we pick a thread up here. You know, we've got oh yeah, this is referring to Abraham and Sarah. Oh, that's interesting, and then you go on through the New Testament, you get to Galatians, which I think you've worked through uh, a year or so back, and 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 there's a bit in I think Galatians four which talks which actually uses this Isaiah fifty four scripture. And it compares of what of as it were two covenants: one of the law of living by our own effort, and the other one of promise. It actually, she uses this scripture. You think, oh yeah, that's the Abraham Sarah story. And then we go all the way through, and it's because in Galatians we read that actually Jesus is the seed of Abraham. And it's through him and in him and by him. All these promises are going to be fulfilled. So guess what happens? The big family happens. This is the big story. And then we go to the end, into Revelation. We find, what do we find there? We find the big family worshipping. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, worshipping Jesus the King. Why? Because of this promise. It's so important. Why are you here? Why does this church plant exist? It's because of this promise. You are part of God's big family plans. It's as simple as that. That's why we plant churches. It's not, oh, we fancy a different, a different brand. It's not, oh, we fancy a different, you know, let, let's, let, 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 let's try something different. No, 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 no. It's about God's big family. And guess what? God uses the unpromising. The material God uses are the unpromising ones. Those who can look at one another haven't have reason to laugh. Seriously, in a funny way. Those are the ones God, God uses. Yeah. He uses us in our weakness. And it's so important. That's why we can sing. <laughs> that's it, 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 and that's why we can laugh as well. And that's why we can think, wow, really? <clears throat> it's about God. So the promise is God making the barren, the weak, those who haven't got what it takes, fruitful. Is that good news? Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, you really can now look at each other and say, You really haven't got what it takes. <laughs> you can, you, let's have a reality check. You can really look at it. You can, say, you can, you can look at it and say, Really? <laughs> but it's true. It's true the promise of god and it's fulfilled remember it's rooted in jesus in christ and it's because of his grace we have this promise given to the weak. and then we have on the back of that promise and it's so important we get this this is where you know we must never carve bits of scriptures like this up into just verse you know Okay, just separate verses. We must get the big picture of it. Now, the second thing is that you then get these instructions, which, are, which again are fascinating. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your, call, your, your cords and strengthen your stakes. Because God wants a big family, there's instructions for us. And is this? It's enlarge the place of your tent. Aha, uh-huh. now if you know the story of Abraham and Sarah, you kind of think, yeah, it's a story of tents. You know that they were a, a people. They were a couple on the move. They were looking for a city, but on the way, they were in tents. Okay. And so again, it takes us into that story, but it's sort of thing okay, we've got to enlarge. So, for us, what does that mean for us? It means this we're looking for a city. Where's our home? Where it's not Gothenburg. <laughs> Shock, horror. Neither is it Stockholm. Neither is the grand, great city of Cockermouth, where Cheryl and I live, with all 8,000 people. Yeah, wow. I know, it's a mega city. Where's our city? We're looking for an eternal city, a heavenly city. Somehow, Abraham got this. You can read about it in Hebrews 11. He got it. we, We were looking forward to something. But meanwhile, we live in tents. Everything here is temporary. Yeah. Everything here is passing through. And in one sense, we're going to interpret what tent means to us. Well, it is this: stretch your tent curtains wide, lengthen your cords, and strengthens your stakes. So stretch, stretch your tent curtains wide. I think. Obviously, we're not talking about literal tense here, but God gives us structures. God, God wants us as His people stretched. In the light of this promise, big family, what does it mean for you and I? It means we get stretched. We get stretched. We get stretched. Okay, so just help me with this. What does that mean? Well, I think we get stretched in different ways. And I felt God actually put in my heart three areas that God wants to stretch you in very quickly. One is prayer.
1: Mm.
0: It's prayer. I thought, kind of just hearing that story about your bank account, mm. you know, the only reason you got a bank account is because you prayed. Mm-hmm. The only reason some of you have got jobs is because you prayed. Mm. The only reason some of you got somewhere to live is because you prayed. Yes. The only reason why some of you are here is because others that were here before you prayed yeah. that you'd be here. Yeah. And the only reason that there's other people that you don't know that are going to be with you, that aren't with you at the moment, but they're going to be with you in the future, is because... you prayed. you <laughs> Did that make sense? You're with me, aren't you? Okay. Prayer. God wants to stretch your praying. Mm. So I sort of stretch your tent curtains wide, look like... He wants to stretch your praying. It's not, okay, we've arrived. We've got the bank account. Okay, we've got the place to live. We've got that. Good. Okay, now, let's kind of make this cosy. God says, stretch, 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 stretch. He wants to stretch your praying. This church was birthed in prayer is also part of the DNA of this church. And I believe God's calling you to get to do some prayer stretching. Mm. To pray some bigger prayers. Faith. Second area. Faith. God calls you to works of faith. Again, it's the Abraham and Sarah story. They are our they are our great 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 whatever ancestors in the faith we're born into that family it's the family of faith through Christ and so faith is to characterise us and again you know, what is church church is not just a collection of like minded you know, people just gathering together seeing what we can do together it's, it's not a collection of people who just kind of, okay, tell you what, good first, let's pool our resources and see what God will do. It's not about our resources. It's about God calling us together as church and calling us to do something we can't do. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's Faith. That's faith. Otherwise, we've got a club. (laughs) Otherwise, we've got an organisation. We've got a society. And there's all sorts of those in, in the city you can go and join. And we'll just have a religious society. Church being church is to be a people of faith together. And that's why you need one another. That's why there'd be times where one of you or some of you would be struggling and you're discouraged and your life's tough and you kind of think, oh, it's just tough. And then you meet together in a small group and you worship together and you share hearts together and you pray for one another and something happens between you. God meets with you. That's faith. Some of you this morning would have come and possibly just struggled to get here and think, oh, it's been tough week, I was struggling with have got this in mind, and that in my mind. And you got here, and suddenly we're worshipping, and you're caught up, and God does something. It's being a people of faith. It's who we are. God wants to stretch us into the place where, unless God shows up, nothing will happen. And then just love, okay? Love. We're called to love. Prayer, faith and love. I believe three things that are very important for you. Paul, when he writes to Ephesians, he does this amazing description of everything we are in Christ, what God has done for us in Christ. And and then in chapter four, he kind of lands it really in terms of, okay, what does this look like? What does it look like in our lives? And he says this, I, as a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in the manner of the calling to which you've been called: all humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another in love. And you find that a big thrust. Then in, in chapter five, it says, "This be imitators of God, love." Okay, live out a life of love. God calls us to love. Love, biblical love, stretches us. Okay? Because kind of it, it, it's always at the heart of it, of biblical love, it's not just a feeling or an emotion. At the heart of biblical love is giving ourselves. And there's nothing like giving ourselves to stretch ourselves. And God calls us to love those we find difficult to love. You know, God doesn't call us just to kind of just to a love that makes us feel gooey and nicey and huggy and lovely and kind of cozy together. He calls us to this giving love.
1: Mm.
0: It's to characterize us. Not about our personal comfort. In you know, a church isn't about what I what I come to to see what I get out of. We view church in that way. We view church like going to the spiritual gym. Okay? It's <laughs>
1: like
0: We view church like going to the spiritual gym. I'm going to go to the church meeting see what I can get out of so that my spiritual muscles are built up for the week and I'm going to be spiritually fitter. That's not church. Church is a community that together receive the love of God and then learn to give it to one another and beyond. That wherever we are, so it's not about love for meetings, because we all do that, can't we? I mean, you look very loving towards each other at the moment because you're just sitting in rows and you're being comfortable and you're smiling and it's very loving. You know, we can do it for meetings. It's about life. It's about laying down our lives. And we can do it. Why? Because of Jesus and because of his grace. We can do it. So when we read this as stretch, what does it mean for us? It means, I think, lots of things, but I think it means we we get stretched in prayer. Let's pray some bigger prayers. It means... Faith, are you thinking, I have no idea how I can do this? Good. That's what you should be thinking. (laughs) Okay, it's exactly what you should be thinking. If you're thinking, oh, yeah, I can do this. Yeah, come bring it on. Mm. And he called to be a community of love. Let's just think. Of just us in the room that right now and those out serving with the with with the youngsters. Imagine us really just giving ourselves to biblical, radical, wholehearted love wherever God's put us. Yeah. Really stretching. Oh, it's a bit painful. <laughs> You see, the, 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 these are sounds of healthy church life. One is a song, hallelujah, and the other is... Eat, <laughs> eat,
1: eat, eat, eat.
0: That's healthy church life. That's what God calls us to. Next week, we're going to look at just some... Uh, what goes with that stretching, which is strengthening. They actually belong together. But I believe God just wants to... Kind of just home in on that today. I'd love us to just worship. Mm -hmm. Okay, it'd be good to sing, wouldn't it? Because it's in the Bible. (laughs) It's what God's called us to. It'd be good to worship him. But I just have a sense that God's maybe touched just some issues in different people's hearts. It might be an issue of faith. It might be an issue of... Love, okay? It might be a situation that you're in. I I kind of interpret this where you live, please. Mm. God's calling you to just a a fresh attitude of sacrificial giving. (coughs) Prayer. I believe God's so just... There's something on you as a church to pray. There's something on you. And for those who perhaps are newer... To the story of this church plant, I believe you're here to add into that story of prayer. You know, I just believe God's building something. But they just let's just, just as Aled plays, perhaps you just play. You um, need one of these, don't you? Just. Right. I mean, let's pray, let's take tithes, and then
1: we'll say